Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, a big mystery in crypto land and a former Trump campaign advisor takes on Axios. But first, America's economic confusion. President Trump tonight will give his belated State of the Union address, during which he is almost certain to tout America's economic success under his watch. Jobs numbers and GDP and manufacturing data and holiday retail sales, etc., etc. But he'll be patting himself on the back in front of a Congress whose constituents, both Republican and Democrat, are increasingly worried that the boom times have peaked. Small business owner confidence, for example, has fallen for four straight months. Consumer confidence is also down. And Wall Street analysts keep lowering earnings expectations, particularly as they realize that last year's sugar high from the tax cuts has largely worn off. In short, the statistics and the sentiments aren't matching up. And there's growing concern among economists that America might essentially talk itself into a recession, particularly through things like decreased business and consumer spending. Again, not because of actual economic pain, but because it just kind of feels like there should be some. It has been so long since we've had bad times. Now, Trump obviously won't mention that divergence tonight, but he might have no choice come next year's State of the Union. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Markets editor Dion Rabowin. But first, this. Axios chief technology correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. We're joined now by Axios Markets editor Dion Rabowin. Is there a concern that America or Americans, I guess, are essentially talking themselves into a recession? Talking themselves into a recession, I guess, yeah, that's one way you could phrase it. The worry is just that these sentiment indicators have started to trend in a noticeably downward pattern. You know, you, you've used the phrase three is a pattern, and we're getting strains of three and four in terms of confidence, whether that's small business owner confidence, consumer confidence. And some of these Fed surveys showing bank standards and lenders and all that. And you're seeing a consistent move lower. And the reading we got on consumer confidence in January was really, really bad, particularly where it had come down. I think it was the lowest in about 10 years, the biggest drop in 10 years, month to month. I was uh, at a conference last week, and a woman named Jackie Reeses, who's a senior executive at Square, the fintech company, she was talking about how, from her perspective, a lot of these confidence numbers and, and lack of confidence numbers are almost like a function of time, right? Like people have seen a bull market, both in terms of stocks and labor, et cetera, for so long. They just kind of feel things must be turning, even though historically time has never actually been an indicator of what's going to happen with the economy. Yeah. And that's a realistic thing. And this is actually something that some of the economists we spoke to have said to us. But the real danger here is that as people start to feel like things are bad, they start to not do things like make purchases. They start to save more rather than spend or put off investments. The economy is driven by decisions that individual people make. And so as individual people feel like things are bad, whether they actually are or not, and as we've seen through the hard data in terms of just, you know, whether it be the government's jobs data or, you know, other surveys on hard numbers, things are good. So regardless of that, people do make decisions and the decisions that they make start to impact the readings and the economy. Let's talk about those readings, because in the last what 48 hours, we've been talking about how all the data has been strong. But correct, in the last couple of days, we've gotten some data that's not quite as strong. Yeah. 
and it's not the most headline grabbing data, right? You see it's non-ASM manufacturing today came in, you know, a bit below expectations. Yesterday we got some data that had been put off by the shutdown and that was not the best it's ever been. You actually saw a pretty strong pullback in factory orders, and then you saw durable goods, which had been actually negative the two months before, come in. It was positive, but it missed the expectation by about half, or it was about half as high as it was supposed to be. You mentioned the government shutdown. That obviously has delayed a bunch of stuff, including the Q4 and year-end GDP numbers. What are we waiting for because of the shutdown from a numbers perspective that we should have already? Yeah, the most important one is particularly the one you mentioned, which is Q4 GDP, fourth quarter quarter last year. We're not really sure when we'll get that. But the other big one is retail sales. And retail sales is the one that most economists and people really look at as being kind of the real barometer of the economy. What are people spending? Is the consumer healthy? And that's one that we haven't gotten yet that I think a lot of people have their eyes on. And especially because it was delayed and you did have the government shut down and you did have all these people out of work, you also did have a, a real change in sentiment around that same time. And so how did that impact the amount of money that people were spending? Because as we know, the consumer is more than two thirds of the U.S. economy. And, and that's what really drives this shift. So that's the big one, I think. Two kind of political questions for you. The first is the Fed and Jay Powell. For those who don't know, the expectation was the Fed was just going to kind of consistently keep raising interest rates. And, and then Trump got very upset about that publicly, got very upset, kind of unconventionally upset. And then Powell seems to have shrunk back. And, and the argument on Powell has been, well, there are all these concerns about the economy slowing, but we did just get kind of this blockbuster jobs report. Give me a, a preview. What happens with the Fed and rates and, and what does that mean? Yeah, well, Powell and Trump just had dinner last night on Jay Powell's birthday, which was very nice. It seems like Trump is really doing, giving them the old uh, the Trump glad hand and, and saying, hey, you did what I like. Let me take you out to dinner and show you a good time for your birthday. I don't know if that's actually what's happening. Hopefully a better meal than what he served the Clemson football players. <laughs> the thing that really a lot of people in the market were saying was that Powell actually got with reality. And it wasn't just Trump who was saying that Powell was going too fast or that he had gone crazy or that the Fed was going to cause the next recession. It was a lot of people in the markets, a lot of chief investment advisors or you know stock traders. A lot of people really wanted the Fed to pull back and to stop what it was doing. And Jay Powell has a background in private equity. And I think more than Trump's kind of bullying, it was that. It was hearing from people he worked with, because I heard from a lot of people that the Fed was moving too quickly. And I think he was a lot closer to that. And as the chair, he's much more sensitive to it. Final question for you. State of the Union is tonight. Give me one thing you're either looking for or you think Trump could say that would actually get consumer and business confidence back on a positive track. Wow. I don't know if there's anything he could say say that we get them, unless he announced a deal with China, I think the one thing that would get consumer and business confidence back really on track would be to say, hey, we're going to stop with all this tariff nonsense. President Xi of China and I have a deal. We've worked it out and everything is back to normal. So let's all get back to business. Now I have an image of Trump and Jay Powell and, and Xi like at Wendy's sharing food. Uh, Deanne Rabowen, Axios Markets Editor, thank you so much for joining us. My final two right after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. 
Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a big mystery in Canada, where the apparent death of a cryptocurrency exchange founder has left customers unable to access around 180 million Canadian dollars. So the issue here is that the founder, a guy named Gerald Cotton, kept the deposits in what's called a cold storage device or hardware that isn't connected to any network. The idea here is it makes it impossible to hack. The problem, though, is that Cotton was apparently the only one who knew the device's password, leaving all of those customers completely out of luck, maybe forever. Now, this, of course, has led to lots of internet speculation that Cotton isn't really dead. But either way, it's a reminder of how there might sometimes be such a thing as too secure when it comes to our money. And finally, former Trump campaign advisor Michael Caputo was on CNN complaining about the weekend leak of Trump's daily schedules to Axios. We should figure out who this was. We should find out, you know, let's go back and Alexei and Jonathan's uh, emails two years like Obama did. Let's let's go through all their phone records. Let's pull their bank records. Let's pull their credit reports. Let's look at their parents' emails. Hi, Mike. I obviously don't speak for all of Axios, and I am also not an attorney. But uh, no, no, that that's not going to happen. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Grassi and Tim Shovers, have a great national shower with a friend day. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.